1: You're listening to BSH Radio.
2: Is this true?
1: Live from the WIP Studios in Philadelphia. The hockey team the Flyers. And right here on broadstreethockey.com. Hey everybody, how you doing? Yeah, same. Welcome to BSH Radio. That's right, Broad Street Hockey Radio. Uh, we got a lot to get to tonight, folks. Uh, Blom is down. Matt Reed is on waivers. Shane Goss' bear is hurt. We got a lot to get to. It's, uh, we had a bit of a disappointing roster reveal, if you will. So let's just get right into it tonight. First and foremost, my panel. Let's start it off with Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. William? Stephanie?
2: It is time to start questioning the hex doll method. Last year, last year, we were all very hard on Dave Haxtall, um, believing that a lot of the roster problems and lineup decisions were solely on his shoulders. Now, it, it, lineup decisions are the coach's responsibility. Ice time is the coach's responsibility. The GM gives the coach the team to play with. This GM is either taking all of his input from a going into his third year head coach. Or he is on the same page in terms of talent evaluation as Dave Haxtell. And that is extremely concerning. Yep. To fly by (laughs) yourself. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fly by yourself Kelly Hinkle.
3: I mean, I have a lot to say about that, but I didn't want to get off on a whole discussion about Ron Hextel because we have an entire show to get through. Um, does anyone else ever stop and ask themselves why they're a fan of this hockey team and then get really mad at Eric Lindros? I did I like like, about orange. an hour
2: ago. Well, no.
1: I'm a big fan of Orange. You uh, did this to me, Eric. The fights. The fights were cool when we were yeah. kids.
3: Yeah, I liked that fun. a lot. But I they know. they
0: always
1: tortured us. Yeah,
0: you know, they yeah, never yeah. actually want anything. <laughs> no,
3: no, we've no. been we've been tortured for our entire lives, each and every one of us, <sighs> and we continue to come back for more because we're sickos. And now we're like talking about it once a week for funsies, and it's it's gonna.
2: Yeah. Well, um, I would like you to know, Kelly, Yeah. that I have a very long documented history of being an emotional masochist. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yes>. Same. <laughs> so, I think we have that in common. <laughs> so that is why I am a fan of the hockey team, the Flyers. That
3: makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> now it's all coming into perspective. There we go. There it is. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's because I hate myself. That's why I like <laughs> this hockey oh, team. Oh, right. Oh, right.
2: All right. I got it.
1: Okay. Heading up the athletic Phillies hockey department, Charlie O'Connor. So I have a big problem, Uh-oh. which it seems like we all do, uh, yeah. of, how, of, how, <laughs> of how the preseason I ended. Yeah. but My name's it, Charlie, and I have a problem. But you <laughs> know what it reminded me of?
0: It, it reminded me of why I hated the Michael Neuvert extension. Even though, even though Michael Neuvert this year, I expect him to have a bounce back year, I don't think the contract will be terrible. Why I hated it was because I thought it was extremely unwarranted, undeserved, unfair that Michael Neuvert, as the worst goalie in the NHL, would get a raise. It just it offended my sense of justice. This offends my sense of justice that Oscar Lindblom, who was clearly on the bubble and on the outside looking in, in the last week of camp, got one game to prove to the people who were saying, nah, you're not ready, that hey, maybe I actually am ready. He didn't get three games, he didn't get two games, he got one. And he played really well in that one game, and then they benched him. And it just... The whole concept of it, it's like, were you afraid that he was going to force you into making a decision you didn't want to make? Like, is that why you didn't play him? Why would you not give a guy a chance to to to, to change your mind? He never even got a chance to change their minds. And that, that infuriates me. The Phantom's
1: got a draw, too, Charlie. Oh, oh boy.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I I agree completely. And I, I would also like to be mad about that. Yeah, put a pin in it, because it's almost like
3: this team has a problem with talent evaluation.
1: I, of course, am Bill Matz, and I am your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, Charlie, it was last week, I believe you said it, and I've read it in your articles on the Athletic Philly, uh, where you say the Flyers, like, they're not... What they show us is what their plan is. They're not doing some crazy motivational thing. When they sit Vecchioni and when they sit Limblom. it's because those guys are further down in the pecking order and they get sent down and you see that's what they meant to do all along. By that logic, even when and if Reed comes back, uh, there's a reasonable expectation that both he and Laterra will be the extra forwards. They were the guys. They were the they were the guys that got the least time in the preseason. Reed gets sent down to the or he gets waived with possibly being sent down to the minors if uh, if the ghost injury warrants that. Now Laterra's cap is 4.7 million. Reed's is $3.625 to That's over 8 million in the press box potentially. So clearly they don't let salaries dictate their decisions. Which Nor means, they. which means, however, mm-hmm. they really do like Andrew McDonald, and yep. we've been fighting it for so long.
2: I said we've this. been fighting
1: it so hard, like, oh, he just needs to play forty games. No shit, like that.
2: This was I the know, entirety. Steph. I know. <laughs> I didn't even have to say anything. I just, you just looked, looked up. up. I know. <laughs>
1: I know that that was always a, a, a crock, but like we all had these like, oh Andrew McDonald, he's just he's just playing first pair of minutes because of this or because of this. I always just thought it was because they wanted to get their money's worth, boosting
0: his trade value
1: or yeah. some other crap. I just assumed, hey, we're paying him five mil, we're gonna run him into the ground, and make him play twenty minutes a game. I just assumed that's what it was,
3: but no, they really like him, dude. This was every show that we did last season, <laughs> where we tried to come up with some yeah. ridiculously. Convoluted conspiracy theory as to why Andrew McDonald was getting minutes. No, no. Turns out they just like him. Yeah, they, they think, think he's good at hockey. They think he's good. That's they were trying out. They think he's better than the rookies. We were all excited because we see we see
1: uh Haig get the first pair minutes, and that pair looked good. Yeah, uh, him and Provorov. We saw them experiment with the defensive pairs a little bit early in the preseason, and then. It's those, back, and then those it's last <laughs> back, those last two games. Provorov's looking real good. Ah, you know what we got to do? Bring him down a peg or two. His RFA deal is gonna, or his ELC is gonna be up soon. We need to bring him down a peg or two. Throw him out there with McDonald. I think that was the worst part. Is that, that that's what it you, was you this got? Year. You got the entire preseason
0: for fans to convince themselves, like, hey, he's not with McDonald. Yeah. Like he's with Hague. Like. This pairing could actually be good. He might not be joined at hip to Andrew McDonald. This is great. And then... Like that Saturday practice, right back with Andrew right McDonald. And it's like okay, dress rehearsal with McDonald. That means game one. He's back with McDonald. He's never gonna leave Andrew McDonald, and we're all gonna
1: die. Eat Arby's.
2: <sighs>
1: eat Arby's. I think I'd rather die eat. than eat Arby's. Eat Arby's, uh. <laughs> indeed.
2: Well, can can I can I just change the tone of the show for a second? Oh here my god, because, please. Because we're no. we're acting like I know how we're acting, and I I know how we're feeling as well. But but. Let's just take a step back. Let's put some things into perspective. Let's put on our optimist hats. Like, we own them. They're just dusty. Oh. Nolan Patrick made this team. Yeah, I but mean, that was going to happen. No, no. Picks
3: make teams.
2: Uh, yes, I, I never know. had any doubt
3: that he was making this team.
2: I game. did. I had a lot of doubt determine. because I don't. Believe that Ron Heckstall is God. I had a lot of doubt. It has the, unless
1: you're JVR and you just feel like partying a little extra. Like second overall picks make teams. We,
2: we've discussed on this show that your whole narrative of JVR is a lie.
3: <laughs> if you like, believe it hard enough, it
2: becomes like, true. It's, it's a lie. It, it's it's actually false. You got some some stuff on your face that I I can't I can't <laughs> deal with you right now. It's I feel amazing. like a
1: man with this mustache. Okay, well, you should man. congratulations, a grown man.
2: <laughs> um, so th- like, let's actually talk about this. Nolan Patrick, who was the number two overall pick for the Philadelphia Flyers this year, after they made the their historic jump from thirteen to two is going to play for the Philadelphia Flyers this season here's
1: a question though
2: No, nope, uh, nope we're being positive
1: who would it have been
2: if, if they didn't get him you're
0: looking at Yuri Leterra as one of your four centers see I don't know about that I, and I think this is something we'll go into later in the show but I actually believe the more I think about it the more I think that Limblom would be on this team if they didn't get Patrick probably
3: yeah, you made a pretty good case for that earlier it's on some form of social media. We will get into which. that later right. in the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I want to get into the no news. No
2: spoilers. I want to get
1: into the news of the day. Uh, if You you got my instant reaction if you're one of our Patreon subscribers. Uh, Matt Reed waved today, placed on waivers. Uh, it has mostly to do with the potential Shane Gossesbear injury if he's out for an extended period of time they're going to need to keep the eight defensemen around we're going to see how it all shakes out but what was your initial reaction when you heard matt reed was on waivers
2: um a little unsurprised but also a little surprised if that makes sense so not surprised that this is the direction that the team went but surprised that it was matt reed does that make any sense
0: so I'm mildly annoyed that he got waived instead of Laterra.
2: Yeah, that's the one. I
0: get why. Like I get that Laterra hasn't gotten his shot yet you know yes he's not going to play in game one most likely but we haven't seen him you know there's always the possibility I don't think it's likely but like if you remember Rakagudos was scratched at first in his season he was sort of you know his first year with the Flyers he was sort of a, a spare part in that deal and then he ended up being a good player so you know maybe their thought process well we don't know how Letera is going to fit on this team we don't want to give up on him before he's gotten his chance but I'm still pretty sure that Matt Reed is better than Yuri Laterra, and I'd rather Matt Reed be the first guy up then Yuri Laterra, like the like the 13th forward rather than the 14th forward. Mm-hmm. So that annoyed me. But yeah, as you said, it was a, it was the ghost injury. Like where the position they're in is basically that if ghost is day-to-day and they have to carry the eight defensemen, but they won't want to put ghost on injured reserve, then they had to send Reed down. They were gonna to have to send Reed down. Now if Ghost is fine, or if Ghost is injured enough that he can go on injured reserve, then that clears up a spot and then Reed can stay but I just don't think they had enough information. So they had to put themselves into a position where they had to give themselves the option on Tuesday to be able to send Reed down if they had to. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that was to waive him today so he could clear by tomorrow and then could be sent down mm-hmm. in the in the event of Ghost being in that day-to-day limbo before 5 p.m. when the, the rosters were, were finalized.
1: I uh, I was happy for a couple of reasons. Uh, the Reed, Reed might be a better fourth-line Winger than Yuri Laterra, but I like what Laterra can do as a uh, a versatile guy. Potentially, what?
2: <laughs> go ahead, I'm I'm waiting to see what Yuri Laterra is good at because I haven't seen it on the ice. No, I mean
1: he played first line minutes for St. Louis. If you have that on your fourth line, it's useful. And he's a bigger guy. He can possess the puck well. Uh, he can play center or wing. This team likes versatility, so that's something they can go with there. But more importantly, I liked that it appears that that fourth line, at least for now, is set Yeah, with Raffle, Lawton, and Lear. They looked really good together, and I'm happy that they're going to be able to do that. And if they want to go, say, they're on this West Coast trip and they really want to go with the whole size thing, they can throw LaTera in there and do something like that. If Raffle works his way up into the lineup, Weiss can drop down, and all of a sudden, like, LaTera and Weiss centered by Lawton is a much different line. You can... I just... I see... More versatility with that lineup than with Matt Reed, but again, yeah, I, I like Matt Reed, I do, but I think he could serve more of a purpose with the Phantoms if he ends up staying there for any amount of time, because I, I just he was an undrafted guy who made the team out of camp, and I like I like the mentor role he might be able to play with a Limblom, with a Vecchioni, telling them like, okay, these are the things that they're going to ask you to do in the NHL, because. Bro, I had to do it. Like, I, I earned a spot out of camp as an undrafted free agent. This is what they're looking for. I like maybe what he could do if he has to stay down there for an extended period of time. But hopefully he does not, and the ghost injury is not serious.
3: Oh, God, that would be so bad if it was serious. Like, I like Matt Reed, too. Um, and I, I definitely like him better than Yori Laterra. But I find it hard. Like, it, it's not ranking super high on the things that I'm worked up about. At this point, yeah. With everything else that happened this week. Like, there's a lot of other things. I'm like, eh, Matt Reed's going down. Eh, Whatever. I mean, okay.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, at first I was to... excited at first I was excited because I was like, oh, they're going with eight defensemen. Just like I said last week, and everyone told me there's no way that's happening. And I was like, oh shit, that's right, ghost got hurt last night. Yeah. I totally forgot about that part. But yeah, moving forward, it'll be just I like what they can do. Except for Lindblom, except for Lindblom not making the team, I like what they're doing at forward. The defense yeah. is a different story, especially if yeah. the six that start include manning and mcdonald
2: yeah so, that shit uh, is gonna
1: drive me yep. insane
2: so uh let's let's talk about the defense here so more perspective more good news robert haig has made the team that's he i wanted is to, going to be playing for the philadelphia flyers finally
1: i wanted to get into the positive that's what i wanted to go next good stuff this is where i wanted to do it robert haig he made the team. He has been told you are here to stay. Yes. and he will be in the opening night lineup.
2: Yes. So, so he
0: won the competition. Yes. If, of the if,
1: three. Yeah, he was number one. Yeah.
2: Who said that? That was me, Steph Driver. Thank you. <laughs> she said it. Thanks, it was me. So
0: I'm gonna <laughs> throw a little bit of Probably everyone except for Bill Two. Into this into this thing and Don't take this to mean that I don't like Robert Haig. If I had to choose between the three, as I said last week, and the more I dived into tape study over the weekend, the more I agreed with myself in that (laughs) that the two players that I would have picked out of the three would have been Robert Haig and Travis Sanheim, and I would have sent Sam Moran down if I had to pick two of the three. But it does feel like Robert Haig is like, the most Hackstall of the three. Oh god! Like, like, oh, yeah! Like he's oh, like no. the safe, not risk taker type guy. Oh
3: god! And
0: it's like I, I'm happy for Robert Haig. I want to see what he can do, but like he's so Hackstallish.
1: But before Hackstallish was, oh,
2: <laughs> damn <laughs> it!
1: But Charles! I like I like that Hackstallish has. Improved f- from like Hackstallish was safe meant Nick Schultz and Chris Vandeveld. True, true. Fair now like Robert Haig can move the puck. Yeah, Robert Haig's not going to score goals like Sanheim or uh, or skate like him or Ghost, but he can make plays. Oh, uh, he's both. a good
2: skater. He's a really good skater. Yeah, but he's
1: not Travis Sanheim.
2: He's a good skater. No, but he can keep yeah, up with no, those. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. But he's he's not one of those flashy guys, but he's not Nick Schultz. He can make plays in all three zones. This is the safe, bar. This safe, is the bar. Safe does not mean zero dimensional True. anymore. True.
2: Not Nick Schultz. Here you go, like Steph. Is the bar you came in in a bad
1: mood, and I'm trying to lift your spirits.
2: There are donuts outside. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Robert Haig, super pumped for this guy still don't know we still don't know about sanheim we still don't know about moran we still don't know about manning and we do not know about mcdonald we, we have
3: know our, about we McDonald's. know things yeah. we, we have know about
0: assumptions. Assumptions. so I, th- I think hextall kind of made it clear that one of those two guys was going down yeah. ha- if the ghost injury didn't happen that he was ready to basically tell one of the two and he still hasn't revealed which of the two it's gonna be which it seemed like over the weekend they're just there became this this assumption that Sanheim was going to go down, and like, he very well might. And then neither played but in that I, but, final game. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Like I don't think I would say it's like I would say sixty percent of my of me thinks that it's going to be Moran. Forty percent of me thinks it's Sanheim. But like this isn't like ninety ten. Like if if it came out, if Ghost it gets revealed tomorrow that Ghost is healthy and he can play, and they send somebody down, and if it's if it's Sam Moran, like I'd be mildly surprised. We wouldn't be shocked. Like, I don't think those guys were too far away in terms of how the organization viewed their camps, which, I mean, we can talk about how they viewed people's camps, which was weird, but...
3: Mm, weird. D- All right. Weird nice. is... A, <laughs> that's a word. Taylor Lear. That's something.
1: Another positive. I, He's I, going to be here. positive, yeah. He's going to be here, and it looks like he, he has, for now, won himself a place on that fourth line, improving that line. I think it might have been... Isaac today, but I'm not positive. Uh, wrote a piece that the biggest improvement, the single biggest improvement from last year to this year, is upgrading from Vandevelde to Lear.
2: Oh Jesus Christ! Do you I- you could have a corpse on the fourth line? It <laughs> would be an upgrade from Chris Vandevelde. Come on! Yes. But that- However.
1: Made however a, made a big jump when we're talking about the steady save yes. kind of thing now it's no longer well um knows how to get over the red line and dump it and Taylor Lear knows how to do other things
2: he does know how to score goals, but he is also i mean if we're if we're if we're hack stalling players hmm. Taylor Lear is kind of a hackstall player in that he doesn't take a lot of risks. He is a rough around the edges kind of guy, and he will get in your face if he needs to. He's not big, but he's definitely got a little bit of a um. What's the word that I'm looking for? grit. He, he, do- Sand he does. Sandpaper. Sand no, paper. no, it's more. It's more like he's. What, what do we call Travis Konechny? Yeah, maybe a little bit of that. Like, like he's a pest. Yeah,
0: he's an energy guy.
2: Yeah. But, my energy, he scores goals. Lots, but that's what really like good he scores level. goals, and he has played for a long time right next to Scott Lawton. So putting them on the same line again is going to work out really well. Oh, yeah, to, I don't hate that fourth line.
0: No, I, I love the fourth line. yeah, but I, I, again, to jump into my my role as Taylor Lear skeptic, well. <laughs> Taylor Lear has scored goals in the AHL. He has not yet proved that he can score goals in the NHL. I hope he does. And truthfully, even in the worst case scenario, I can't imagine he'll be worse than Chris Van Velde. So, like, who cares? That's great. He's an improvement, even if he's not that good. But like, yes, he can score goals in the AHL. But it's not like he was scoring goals in the AHL like a Jordan Wheel level. Like he was scoring okay, but not like top of the line. You're hoping that he can be a, a you know a 25 point scorer in the NHL. That would be great. That'd be that fine as a fourth liner. But combine that with the fact that then you have Lawton who in my mind is an upgrade over Belmar. And then you have raffle who is a dramatic upgrade over Lubimov, who I liked, but I mean, raffle is probably a middle six NHL forward and Lubimov is now back in Russia. So Love the you. whole fourth line is dramatically better. That it, Rather than say that Lear, like Vandervelde to Lear is the biggest improvement, I would say the fourth line as a whole is the biggest improvement from last year to this okay.
3: year. Which is good, but like I'm not ready to throw a party over it because it was absolute trash poop last si- Like it's... I mean we're not it's anything would have been an upgrade (laughs) like i'm just not ready to be pumped about it like i'm it's a good line and it's going to be better but there was literally no way it could have been worse
2: no so it could have been the same though Eh, it could it could have been the same like let let us stick on this positivity i don't i don't know what kind of drugs i did before i showed up what happened to you in the elevator i I was stuck in the elevator for a very long time The elevators in this building are terrifying. I was stuck in the elevator for a very long time. Um, Let us be grateful that the Vegas Golden Knights selected Belmar in this expansion draft. Because if they had not granted us this gift, this year would be probably more lost than I'm already convinced it is. the and, fact and Luck hasn't even dropped in the first game of the season. But
1: the fact that they were willing to do things like wave Matt Reed, don't you think if camp unfolded the way it did and Belmar was clearly not no. as good?
0: No. No, nope. they would have stuck with him? Not a chance in hell. He was on this team.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he was the assistant oh, yes. captain
0: or the alternate yeah. captain, whatever you want to call it. No, he was a lock on this team. He was the four freaking C. No right, question in right, my mind.
2: Right. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree with you completely. All right. Nolan Patrick
1: made the team, as Steph alluded to earlier in the show. And he has a
2: number now. He is number 19. You can all
0: buy your jerseys now. It's time.
2: Okay, Steph. I'm excited. Listen. (laughs) Let's do it. I have things that I need to do, and one of them is spend my money buying a Nolan Patrick jersey.
1: I mean, was there ever a doubt in your mind he was making the team, though?
2: Yes. Really? Yes. I I had some
1: concerns in the beginning of camp. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because he wasn't scoring,
3: or
0: well, just because you didn't Same. know how he was going to play, and then there was that little like jab the Hextall gave him midway through camp, where it was like he's done some good things, but he's got to show us some things, and it was like, oh, okay. But that appears to have actually been a motivating tactic, and not. I think what what it, in the end made the decision for Patrick was that unlike Lindblom, Patrick could not go to the AHL.
3: Yes, and they were
0: like, okay, mm. this guy's too good for juniors. Yeah, maybe in an ideal world we'd send send him to the AHL for a bit, but like he can survive in the NHL and he will be a better player by learning on the fly rather than going back to juniors and dominating against kids another year. Like he's already done that. What does he need to do that again for?
2: You know, that's my feeling about Lindblom to be really honest. Which is totally fair. You know, the we've said it a few times and it is just the generally accepted standard is that the AHL competition, SHL competition Pretty similar, and he already was the best player in one of those leagues. So to come over here, okay, it's the smaller ice, and I understand that that takes some adjustment, but he he got that.
3: I've read that his game is better suited to smaller ice though uh, Hextall hinted that they wanted
0: they there was they felt there was an adjustment and that may have made him not as impressive as they had hoped in camp. whatever. The point I will say that is against that is that. Oscar Lindblom played a little bit in the AHL at the end of the season before he broke
2: out in the SHL and was basically
0: a point-per-game player. So, like, he's going back to a league that he already was really good in before he got even better. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I'm expecting him to do very well in the AHL.
3: I I am as well. Can I just for a second just – you know what really gets on my nerves when people say things like it's not going to hurt Oscar Lindblom to go to the AHL. You're right, it's not. It's absolutely not going to hurt him at all. It's going to hurt the team. Mm-hmm. The team is not as good as it could be it's for also, him being in the AHL. It's also not going to help him. No, <laughs> it's not going to help him. He doesn't need to go there and develop. He doesn't need any goddamn seasoning. Like he's
2: ready.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it could help him a little. I just Charles. don't. I don't think it's going to.
2: <laughs> Charles, we're being mad. I mean, it could, <laughs> but I don't think it's it. going to help
1: him dramatically.
0: No.
2: Um, well, say he's
1: up here by Christmas well, is all see, that,
2: that was what I was going to get to that, next. Be, that's
1: what I was looking at with Claude Giroux today uh, his age 20 slash 21 season uh, he started out in the AHL put up 34 points in 33 game, 34 points in 33 games and got called up right after Christmas I believe it was the 26th and he has been here to stay ever since if that happens if he's up here before calendar year 2018 is all forgiven absolutely no. not
2: So, so these are my thoughts because I have been seeing a lot of people saying that, well, they'll be up this season. They'll be up this season. Okay, great. So all that's saying to me is that you are recognizing that you know that they're talented enough to make this team. This is me recognizing that you are saying that you know that the team knows that they're talented enough to make this team. So why are they not making this team? Why yeah. why the wait? Because yeah, you needed to have Yuri Letera in the press box because you needed to have Valteri uh Dale on Weese at, at it's center. Weiss. Like you, you, these are the th- fucking Dale Weiss. <laughs> these are the things that you needed to have as a general manager, Ron Hextall, knowing that there was more talent and 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 possibly better pieces for your team elsewhere, but you had to wait for one of them to get knocked out by an injury. Like the, it's like the yeah. team is hoping for an injury. You know Either what I, that or
3: we're gonna wait for the team to be so terrible that they decide to make moves.
1: Yeah. You so know, one of those two things Or they give up on the Drew to Wing experiment and now all of a sudden you have three scoring lines and you need Limblom to fill them out. But you wouldn't. They they have their top nine locked,
0: but regardless, we'll we'll get to that. The, the thing that I go back to with the whole, well, we could call him up later and everything will be forgiven, I go back to Jordan Wheel, and I go back to the conversation we had with Riley Cote in the summer. And I gave I, I set up Riley Cote with a question that would have allowed him to basically be like, yeah, we developed him. I asked Riley Cote, you know, did Jordan Wheel benefit from being down in the AHL that beginning of the year so that when he finally got his call up, he was really ready to kick ass? And Riley Cote, granted he was not part of the organization anymore, so you could say, whatever the hell he wanted, but that made it even better, was like, no. He was ready at the start of the year, and it was stupid that he wasn't on the team to begin with, and when he came up, he would have done that exact same thing in Game 1 that he did in Game 60. And I look at it the exact same way with Oscar Limblom, where, you know, is it going to hurt him to be down there? No. But if he comes up in Game 40 and then has a really good final 40 games, my thing isn't going to be, oh, well, that was that 40 games of development that made
3: him great. It was, well, they could have been doing that in game one. Yep. <laughs> so why was he sent down? Well, because Ron needs to have people like Dale Weiss on his roster. It's, it's, Role it's players, William. Oh, it back to that. God, Intangibles. Signing. Sandpaper. I just hated grit, it
1: so much at the time because it didn't make sense. And now, <laughs> it didn't make sense, but it was whatever because, you know.
2: <laughs> remember remember when I it was wasn't mad? wasn't nearly the Hold worst on. player. Yeah. It was on this show. It was on this show. Remember when I was mad that the signing happened because it was keeping guys down like Taylor Lear? Yep. And Charlie, you know, as the Taylor Lear skeptic said, well, <laughs> is Taylor Lear even an NHL player? Taylor Lear today <laughs> is an out. NHL player, no, and Dale Weiss being on the team last year, Kept him down. In the that's AHL. the issue
1: was it was Boom. it was Lear and it was Wheel last year and those weren't like highly touted guys. Wheel had a nice camp and we we're all like he kind of deserves to be here, but he gets sent down and you go all right. How good is he really he at a nice camp? Cool, but now it's Oscar Lindblom, the guy we've been salivating over for three years. So we really really want to friggin' see him, and he's going to be in Allentown. Where I don't even know if they have cameras.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they do. You know. You know what? I actually found myself thinking last night. So Charlie and I also, for our Patreon uh, patrons, uh, got jumped on a video call and we did some quick reactions. And one of the things I I caught myself thinking as we were talking and I didn't say it out loud was, do they have someone that they need to put on LTIR that they're just they're waving people as a, as a as a for paper the transaction like they had to do with Pronger for all these years like they had to waive somebody so that they can put they so that they could be cap compliant to put Pronger on LTIR
1: when the season actually began when the season
2: actually began but but this team is definitely cap compliant yeah. like they're not that close to the cap anymore hextall has done a great job with that so i'm not saying his entire tenure has been a clusterfuck i'm saying that what he does evaluating talent is a cluster evaluating
1: nhl level talent yep. to this part is still a question mark because like charlie said what we saw with jordan wheel last year oh man yeah he's uh, he probably deserved to be here whole time a lot soon. and we saw yep. it and he came up and was good right away yeah it's, he was there was no adjustment he was here and good right away and you went out and gave dale weiss four years when you're already looking ahead to okay, we can get through Matt Reed's contract, and then that that thing will be that thing will be off the books. Oh, we just basically re up Matt Reed by giving by giving Dale Weiss four years, so Hexstall did after the game, you
0: know obviously they announced they're sending Lim Lom down. We asked him why, and essentially what he said was suck it. We wanted to see more, <laughs> we wanted to see more offensively and, you know, maybe he had a little bit more trouble than we thought getting to the areas that we felt he needed to get to on the ice to score.
3: In one game.
0: That was Well, no, it, I mean, it was he got more games you know in the first half of camp and maybe they expected more my question to him was what change at that midway point because up until that boston game it looked like he was a lock he yeah st- he got he, he started out that game on power play one then philip took a spot and then from that point on it was like okay well i guess you're not making the team oscar and it was weird it was weird and it remains really weird it's weird but it does seem to me that it was a situation where they they wanted to see more offensively because some people have made the case that well he never actually had a chance and i don't buy that because Mm. if that was the case they wouldn't have put him on drew's line to start camp they wouldn't have given him first crack at power play one like this wasn't all just a sham he was he had a good chance to make the team and then for whatever reason they changed their minds now midway through camp they changed their minds and i go back to this as to explain why he didn't make the team why everything changed the hard truth of the matter is that the flyers in this camp are trying to replicate the top nine that they put together at the end of the season. Oh. And I'm going to go back to a quote that Ron Haxtell gave in April, and it was, now we feel like we have nine guys who are legit top nine forwards. We've got good balance. The top nine at the end of the season were Drew, Voracek, Simmons, Wheel, Couturier, Philpolo, Weiss, Braden Shen, Travis Konechny. Braden Shen's obviously not here. Nolan Patrick slid into his spot. The other eight guys that were in the top nine at the end of the year are in the top nine this year, which leads me to believe that no matter what kind of camps any of those guys had, and Dale Weiss and Valterio Filippola did not have good camps, nope. that regardless of what camp they had, they were locked into the top nine, which then leads me to the really interesting point of was there ever a chance that both Patrick and Limblom were going to make this team? Was it always only one of them is going to do it?
1: If Patrick shows us he's healthy, Limblom's going to exactly. the AHL because Patrick can't.
0: Exactly because both of them have to play in the top nine, which is understandable. I don't, I didn't want either of those guys in the fourth line. But if the decision was was that eight of the top nine spots were locked because we loved what we saw at the end of last year, and what changed for Limblom was that they decided Patrick was ready, and then it was like, okay, well Patrick is on this team. Limblom, you're not I'm starting to think that's what it was
2: sounds like some horse
3: shit yeah see I I absolutely buy into that theory yeah and it's infuriating yeah they weren't good at the end of last season they were just less bad (laughs) like I don't know why that's the thing we're striving for they were just sort of (laughs) less bad the goaltending improved at the end of the season it was just less terrible and if that's what we're shooting for it's going to be a long season, I'm, folks.
2: I'm really, really glad that you said that, Kelly, because, like, why? Why is the end of last season what you're yeah. shooting for is your goal? Like, how about we aim a little higher? How about the season where you actually went to the playoffs? <laughs> like, maybe, maybe maybe try some of that. Maybe try a little bit of this and a little bit of that and let your players be who they are. Stop trying to yeah. drain their creativity. I know. Uh,
1: I know you can't let the fans run the <sighs> team. Because the old saying, if you let the fans run the team, you'll be sitting with them. Um, but Drew Couturier-Voracek, all right, I'm willing to give it a chance. It's interesting. I, I, I still it. It. don't I wanna like see it. How, I want to see how it goes. No. Wheel Patrick Simmons, Cool. That fourth line? Yeah. Oh, Lear-Lawton Will, Will Patrick and Simmons look yeah. really good in yeah.
2: practice and, and in preseason together. That, I like that The Lear
1: Lawton raffle fourth line? Cool. Yeah, it's delicious.
2: It's the third line. Weas
1: Philpola Connectney. How, How much one? more excited would fans be? If that was Limblom, Philpola Konechny. Oh, what, I wonder. What did
2: poor Travis Konechny more? do? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like, why is he being poor? Travis punish. Konechny. Hey,
1: I look at it as Konechny has a chance to be the main facilitator on his line. The main they, anything on line. <laughs> right? They are counting on The him. only hockey player on that They are online. counting on him to carry his line. That's what I see it. But as. see that? But the- also, it's, you know. It's it's not great. But see, the problem
0: is is not like if that were actually what their thought process was, like it would still mm-hmm. be annoying because my thought process would be well then why don't you just put Limblom on the line? But the the problem is is that they think, particularly Dale Weiss, but also Phil, like they think those two guys are better than they actually are. That's what this all boils <laughs> down to. This boils down to the fact that Ron Hexall, and this is, to my in my opinion, this is has been his biggest problem as a general manager, and it's a legitimate cause for concern, is that he overrates the abilities mm. of the vets.
2: Mm-hmm. Dale Weiss is
0: absolute, absolutely seems like he's an example. Andrew McDonald is an obvious example. And now Brandon
2: Manning
1: is becoming an example. All right.
2: You oh brought up Brandon Branding, Manning. You brought up Brandon oh. Manning. And now Damn. I just have to get
1: into that because Man,
2: I want I wanted to say that I don't have any specific problems with Valtteri Filppula. He is probably the least of my problems on this problematic roster and then you mentioned Manning. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Brandon Manning. All right. We have accepted that they just like Andrew McDonald. We we've we've just accepted that they do. Have
2: we? Well, I
1: guess he's a veteran.
2: We're medicated. So. Yeah. No,
1: I mean he had they do. It, yeah. I don't accept it. I don't accept why they do, but I accept that they do. He's a veteran, whatever. They like what he does. I don't know. What do they like about Brandon Manning? Well... He's not an every night player. He looks he like Mike do,
2: Richards. He doesn't
1: do oh, anything particularly. Is it just that he does dirty shit and you like that? Like, what is it that they like about him? I say you need someone to do dirty shit every now and then. That's
2: but what I want good is for. I mean, you keep your mind open, but that, it doesn't have to be Brandon Manning.
1: Exactly. Is it just a guy? Oh, if he gets suspended, it doesn't matter. Like, that is that the thought process?
3: What is it about Brandon Manning that they like? I don't. He's not good. No, I don't know either. But I he have the same seventh. question about Andrew McDonald. I watch Andrew McDonald play hockey. And I'm like, what are you seeing, professional hockey evaluator of talent, that I am not seeing? Um, mm. And the numbers aren't
0: picking up. Hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have that answer. Neither the nerds nor the eyeballs see this one, boy. <laughs> and somehow you see something. So what is the
2: thing? The only thing that I could say about Brandon Manning is that they see that he's on a very small contract, and they don't really care if he sits in the press box.
0: You know, that's what I thought too. I, I, Until I, I actually thought that. I thought that you know the reason why Manning's going to make this team is because he's the perfect six-seven defenseman. He's on a cheap deal. They don't mind if he plays thirty-five games. Okay, that that's fine. Whatever. It's all good. Then Saturday rolled around, and you saw that the the defensive pairings were proveroff McDonald. You had Moran, you had a Hey Ghost, and then you had Gudis with Manning. And then you had Sanheim with Moran as the fourth pairing, which implied that they were not going to play in the final game, which Haxtell had already told us was a dress rehearsal for mm. Wednesday's season opener. Mm-hmm. Which leads one to believe, because the, the actual lineup ended up being exactly like it was in practice, there were no late last-minute switches. Leads you to wonder. The ghost injury throws this into limbo, so we may not even ever get the chance to see if this was, you know, what was going to happen here. But it leads you to wonder. Was the original plan that you know they were going to tell one of Sandheimer or Moran, you made the team, yay, that's great, congratulations, and then they were going to sit him for game one of the regular season oh, in favor of Brandon Manning? How? Was how? that going to happen? Because you know what? I believe as, it. As you just said, one thing the Flyers have shown during yeah. this camp is that when they hint something is going to happen by the way they run things in practice, it happens. They're not playing 12-dimensional chess. Well, they, were, they are showing us what yeah, they are doing. They yeah. were hinting that guess what? <laughs> Brandon Manning is the number six, and the rookie who just made his way on the team did not play well enough in camp to prove that he deserved to be in the lineup for game Jesus one Christ. over Brandon Manning. And that, in so many ways,
2: is insane. Does it make uh, you want to die? Because it makes me want to die. doesn't make me feel good, Steph. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Because it, it also <laughs> throws into... Are we looking forward to this season at all? it I also, have like so well,
3: many thoughts, and I can't articulate any of that them. That thought
1: process already puts, like, it, it, it contradicts so many of their things. Like, okay, well, if Limblom is, if he, even if he's in the top nine, he's, like, the ninth forward, and you don't want him on the fourth line, so we'd rather have him playing first-line minutes with Vorobiev and Vecchioni rather than fourth-line minutes or whatever. Well, you're going to finally call up one of these rookie defensemen, and they're going to sit? Yeah. <laughs> they're going to freaking sit? What? Um...
3: I think I don't understand the the attitude that this team takes.
1: I'm I'm fired up again. I really. Oh,
2: oh, let's do it. There we go. Because last Mm. night
1: I was like coming to grips with it. I was, how is okay, whatever. This is the way it is. And then I sit there and think that they're gonna if they're here, play them. We've been told this whole time. The whole reason we're not seeing them is because we want to get them to play a lot. And now. One of them's finally going to be here and not play? I'm so you've been lying to me. I've yes. been sitting here sticking up for you this whole time, and now you're lying to me. Now I'm the asshole. What?
2: Well, well. <laughs> well. I mean, I always was, but now for different reasons. So, Not only listen. was I sticking up for you, but I was wrong. So I totally agree with you. I completely yep. agree with you, and I don't know... It's it's like this team is waiting for. It's like Ron Hextall is waiting for someone to tell him, like, "Oh, you can be competitive." Nuclear now. war is around the corner.
1: I'm never going to get to see this goddamn yeah, defense. I've been God. waiting. For when since is my Travis
2: Sandheim
3: going to be a Flyers? Yeah, what are we continuing to wait for? There will is be my no question.
1: more ice. There won't. We won't be able to keep things cold enough for there to be ice hockey.
3: Like, like, think does he want to make sure that? the Canadian press writes more articles about how we have the best farm team in the got, league. You like, can't
0: play them. If you don't play them, they yeah, stay they're, prospects. they're still
3: prospects. <laughs> so we still have the best prospects core. Oh, great. <sighs> That's fun forever. It's it,
2: it, like Doesn't forever. doesn't Ron Hextall want to see right? the kids that he drafted on his team? It kind of feels like he doesn't. And have fun watching them and have a fun hockey team. No,
3: we're not allowed to have I'm fun. fun. But this, th- we're not, this is not fun. But this, this, this
0: goes back to the point of overrating your vets. Like yes. like mm. the con the idea that in game one, the Flyers would be more likely to win with either Andrew McDonald or Brandon Manning in the lineup over one of Sam Moran or Travis Sandheim. The, that, that's insanity to us. We look at that and we're like, that's crazy. Those guys are not good. They've been not good at the <laughs> NHL level for a long time. Why don't we give the rookie with higher upside a chance and he will give the team a better chance to win it? That's why but, but that's not the way that they seem to be looking at it. The way they seem to be looking at it is, Brandon Manning and Andrew McDonald, the guys who we think are sixty-fives on the NHL, the EA Sports NHL rating, <laughs> in the taller, Flyers actually. mind, they're like they're like seventy-eights. Like they're not they're not great, but they're they, they they know what they are and they know that they're they're okay. Whereas they don't know if the kids are okay. And we're like, no, we know what they are and we know that they're not good. So let's give the kids who have a chance to be good a chance to play over them. But this all, again, goes back to overrating your vets, overrating a guy like Dale Weiss, overrating an Andrew McDonald, overrating a Brandon Manning. They think these guys are better than they are, and that's what's holding back the kids. It's not some conspiracy. It's not some idea where, like, oh, we're pushing them back because we want to save on their contracts in the future. They're trying to win games, and they think the vets give the team a better chance to win games than the kids do at this moment in time. You know what? And I don't understand what they're watching to lead them to believe
1: that. Yeah, they haven't been winning I'm, many games.
0: No, exactly. I'm,
3: I'm starting to think that it's not... Like, they might know that Andrew McDonald and Dale Weiss are bad at hockey, but I think but that they... But they, they listen
1: to the show and hate us?
3: They val- I think they value...
2: That's gotta be it. The like the <laughs> really okay, ridiculous like
3: veteran presence intangible. Like the leadership intangible. I
2: would love to talk about that. I'm gonna finish. Please finish no, your just, point. Like, but like I would I d-
3: love to talk about that. Which actually makes me madder than thinking that they think Andrew McDonald is good because there's a a good possibility that they know that he's bad, but they feel like they need a guy who's played X number of years in the NHL for some reason. Because someone who's 19 can't... do I, I, They I, don't even have
0: anybody that's 19 anymore. 20.
3: Th- these kids are older. That's Because, that's Not kids b- because they waited. Yeah, forever. <laughs> We've been waiting for goddamn ever. Yeah, so... And like, at
1: this point, Ghost is a veteran.
3: Right? Like, He's veteran presence. Ivan that's Proverof, enough for me.
1: Ivan Provorov was playing 24 minutes a night. All of your forwards are still veterans. I don't understand... Yeah, I, so... so there, Brandon Manning has never done anything well. At least... Andrew McDonald came here with some thought that maybe he's useful, and that's been proved wrong in the in like the ensuing seasons.
3: Yeah. But like Brandon Manning was always an extra. Yeah. He on, the only reason he made the
2: team is because we had no other options. Brandon and Manning has stuck. the second longest tenured flyer. That, that's
0: a thing. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Steph, I want, I want to hear this yeah. this explanation.
2: Oh, about the veteran leadership. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to hear this. So one. the way that it's it's generally decided that you are a veteran hockey player is if you've been through a round of the playoffs. Even if it was your rookie year, you've been to the playoffs. You now have perspective. You are now a veteran.
1: You've played hockey at the highest level, the NHL playoffs.
2: Right. So even if it's just one round, you are a veteran. So to say that there's no veteran leadership on this team outside of, well, let's even say the defense, like that's, a fallacy because you've got ghost who is now mid twenties has been playing in the NHL for three, would be three years. he has been playing pro for actually going in his fourth year. Um, he's, he's considered a veteran. You've got Rago Gudis who is considered a veteran actually is a veteran. for Sure. Um, who else? Well, I mean, this is, this is the world without Andrew McDonald. Um, and then you
0: got a ton of forwards.
2: Then you've got, all of the forwards, literally all of them, because they could not bring up Oscar Lindblom. All of the forwards are veterans. Well, except
0: for Patrick and Konechny, right?
2: And and Wheel.
0: And Wheel, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: But Wheel has been to the AHL playoffs, so you know what? You're a veteran too, but Cal- Calder Cup MVP, <laughs> you know, Jordan Wheel. Just, that's it too. So I understand that you want some mature perspective in a room with a group of teenagers. I understand... That we don't want another dry island situation. I understand what you're saying. I am going to say that it's bull. Yep. And if you believe that you need veteran presence on the ice to keep these boys in line, then you don't have a strong opinion of the coaching staff. Which... I agree with you, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same page there. But I don't think that you need veteran leadership when you have super talented guys and there are other veterans on the ice that that are going to give them direction. I don't think that you need that. Maybe at the AHL level, you need someone to, to be dad and to help them deal with getting called up and getting sent back down and, and all of the... The little things, not well, the big things that will break your confidence. But at the NHL level, you're a professional now. Like this this is it. This is the game. If you need mommy and daddy to hold your hand, you're not an NHL player.
1: Who's the uh who's the third captain?
0: They haven't announced it yet. Your mom. Um, they have not announced it yet. It's actually interesting that you bring that up because I assume they would announce it already, but they have maybe they'll vote before game one, you know, tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, But, yeah, you're right, because Belmar's not here, so they Mm -hmm. don't have a third cap. I just looked at their roster
1: to see if it just, like, kind of slipped in as we were you know, discussing prospects and stuff all summer, maybe, you know, they gave the no. a, a check or they gave a the no, goodness I mean, they, or something. there would have been tons of articles. But yeah,
0: yeah. Truthfully, and like, I'm honestly just rooting for this for, for the humor of it. I, I really wanted to be Andrew McDonald just because of how Charles.
1: infuriated the fans will be. Oh, oh my Charlie. God. And also, also. Like, why do you also, hate me? Also, Dibs. because. Dib's reaction show. Because. Right. Dib's Patreon reaction show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. Maybe, just
0: maybe, that contributed to Vegas wanting him, Wanting Delmar.
2: That he had the A? That he
0: had the A. Leadership.
2: Well, you, so you think, you think that the team giving no. Andrew Mc... Oh. Oh, no,
0: no, 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 no. If they give, oh, him, if, okay. if they I give was, him the A, it's not because I went of some far. plan. But I'm saying that it could it could unintentionally make him more attractive in a trade. Yeah, you,
2: no, in no, I think Hold on. This is something else I want to talk about. So I play in the Broad Street Hockey flyby from time to time. And I was in there today because I wanted to see how the, the general public was feeling about... About all of the the nonsense that has gone down. Because I know how we feel because we've been yelling about it for the past 24 hours. Um, So one of the things that was mentioned was you've got to play Andrew McDonald to showcase him. Mm. No. No, everyone knows he's bad. Let me tell you, you can take a poop and you can roll it in glitter and you can put a spotlight on it. It is still a poop. It's a glittery poop. It's a glittery poop, but it is still a poop. It still smells pretty bad. and Stinks. Showcasing does not work for that reason. For a bad player? No. The worst. Everyone, look how bad he is. The thing he would look
1: best doing is sitting in the press box. (laughs) Right? He's a pretty handsome dude. I bet he looks good in a suit. The best way to showcase him is not playing him.
3: Yep. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Again, this just goes back to this goes back to something that fans like fans really and i i get it i really get it but fans want to believe that the general manager and coach of their team like like don't have diametrically opposed views of the players Mm -hmm. than they do so they concoct these like these convoluted schemes to explain why they're playing (laughs) players who the fans think are bad and I, i always go back to this like the simplest explanation is usually the right one, and the simplest explanation is that they like these guys.
2: They, they like them.
1: That's yeah, yeah, no matter how much like, Hextall might have loyalty to Hextall because it's his hire, like, if Dave Hackstall doesn't win, he will eventually be fired. Yeah. <laughs> so if he's playing Andrew McDonald for some reason other than winning games, it's going to work against him. He honestly believes 22 minutes a night for Andrew McDonald is the best way to go about winning games given his current roster. Woo! That's what he believes. All Yay! right. And I let's can't... go the
2: Flyers. Uh, all right.
1: Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> I
2: just can't. So, I, I... Uh... So
1: Oscar Lindblom didn't make the team. Uh, he was replaced on that first power play. With Val Philpola, who appears to be getting that first crack at the Braden Shen slot position, how long will we call it the Braden Shen spot? By the way, until I, un- until the end until of the, time. the next until person Lindbloms gets in it. No, until until they get someone to replace him okay. that is good. Like right. we called it, it was the, the Hartnell we call, spot for a while. Yeah, it, we, it was we, the
0: Hartnell man. spot. Exactly. Yeah. We called it the Hartnell spot until Shen started scoring goals, and then it became the Shen spot. But like until we get someone in that spot who scores goals, maybe not at the degree that Shen did, but yeah. is a weapon, it will remain. the Brayton Shen spot.
1: What did they see out of Philpola to like
0: him there other than just being left-handed? That. That's it. it, it, it I think it's that, and it's, um, I think Hextall, Hextall or Hextall, I, I think it was Hackstall said after the game that he liked Philpola's ability to help on entries and puck retrieval. And and, and, and to, to be totally honest with you, like, that he can and, skate, yeah, and he can create yeah. entries. Both of those things do make sense. Philpola is, one of his best attributes is that he's a controlled entry machine. You know, even in his brief time in Philadelphia last year, he led the team in controlled entry percentage of the offensive zone. He rarely dumps the puck in, and he's not a bad skater. He's—I would say—he's an above-average skater. He's not as fast as he used to be, but he's better than he—he's he, better than most, and that will help him retrieving pucks. So those are two positives. Always just go back to the fact that the guy in the slot, his primary role is to score, is to shoot the puck and score. And Valtteri Filppula does true? not
1: shoot the puck much <laughs> at all. His career high in power play goals was six. That seems good. In 2013-14, <laughs> playing on a power play with
0: Stephen a guy Stamkos? named Steve Stamkos mm-hmm. and Victor Hedman. Oh, <hmm. uh,
1: and he, had, he didn't
0: even really good? play much. In the slot, I think. The, yeah, we, no. Yeah, we, we we asked him at camp, and he said he's mostly used to playing lower, you know, more like along the goal line or on the half boards. I,
1: if I were to use him anywhere, I thought he had a chance to crack power play one if they move Vorchak yeah. in the slot I and, move, uh, and move and move over to that far side opposite Giroux uh, along those boards. But the fact that they put him in the slot, I just don't see it. And I I like Phil say more than Charlie does, but I don't like him in this position a little bit. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Like the whole concept. He's of, a facilitator. Yeah, the whole concept of putting a passer in a shooter's role. Like, yeah, I guess it's theoretically possible it could work, but it seems unlikely. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, Limblom seemed to make seem to be a fit. Obviously, he's not on the team, so that's not there. But like, I'd even rather have Raffle. There than than Filipula because I think he's got a better shot. Hmm. I'd rather have Lawton there, even though they would never do it because yeah, they just no. they just they just got around to recalibrating him to think he's not a scorer. They're not going to put him on power play. Line. But from a skill set standpoint, I like his skill set better there than I do. They Phil just Pula.
1: spent an entire it, season beating Scott they, <laughs> over the head, exactly. telling him you're not going to be on a power play. Exactly, unit. <laughs>
2: you are not going to score goals yeah, unless why? you work so, really really hard for it. Why so do stop. they just
1: like hate the idea of Raffle on the power play?
2: I don't know. I know. I think I know why they hate the idea of Raffle on the PK. Is, is he... it
3: too soon to be concerned about the new power play coach?
2: Well, no. But
0: I I actually think it is. Power play, play th- two looks good. Power play two looks much better. Yeah. So so I've really but liked again, what I've seen there. Low
3: bar. Like, sure, yeah. They I mean, sure. could not have improving
0: more. on that would be if they score five goals this year yeah. <laughs> in eighty two games. But no, I, I like I like the initial things on the It's just that power play one where you have Philpola and it's just a weird it's a weird fit. But the thing is, is that if in the end, if we go six games, then power play one has to score. Like they're gonna try somebody else there. Oh yeah.
1: So if Philpool, His name's gonna be Oscar, Limbaugh. yeah, but like
0: if, <laughs> well, that'd be cool. But like if Philpola sucks there. He's not going to stay because yeah. you know how important power play one is to this team, and they won't be able to accept that the unit just not scoring. Even if the unit scores but he's not involved, they may move him off. So, that you know, compared to the Limblom situation where that's just like, Jesus Christ, why is he not on this team and why is Dale Weasen in the top nine? Like, this is more of an annoyance than, like, something that I'm really angry about because I do believe that, like, by necessity, they will they will resolve this if Philpula is just bad in the world.
1: Yeah, the other four guys yeah. are either going to just make up for it or he's going to get moved out. Yeah. That's it's going to go one of two ways. I don't see him sticking there. It just doesn't seem to I be I mean if he's good, he'll stick. Yeah, but... I just don't but see it not. as I don't see it as a fit. Hey. I've been wrong before, guys.
3: Never.
2: Is this true? <laughs> well. Well.
1: So the Giroud at wing thing. I hate oh, it.
2: Like, I, I actually hate it. I didn't. I'm with i you.
1: I always said, this isn't plan A. They're just trying shit out, and it's a way to get two veterans. They're just trying to get them up to game speed and have more spots open on the lines below them. But now it appears to be. It's a thing. Giroud. Who knew that the scoring winger that we needed with Giroud and Voracek this whole time was Giroud. Jeru, <laughs> <laughs> Jeru, yeah. well. Yes. Who knew? I, but yeah, but <laughs> I i like I the thing I like most about it is that all the people who hate Katori A, he is now the one C. Well, you know <laughs> you know funny. what
2: you know what I actually hate the most? Mm-hmm. So you just did your whole yelling thing <laughs> about how they made you wrong. Yeah. So the team made me right, and I'm (laughs) upset about it. So I've been saying for probably like three years that Couturier is the one C of the future. Like every team has a defensive center who rises and and is paired next to offensive players, and they play a a mixed line between the shutdown and, and scoring. And that's how you win cups because you've got someone who is an elite defensive forward on your team in in playing big minutes. And then, you know, the last few years have happened and he's not really skilled offensively. I mean, he is, but he's not scoring like that. And I just gave up on it. I gave up. I'm like, no, you know, Sean Couturier, probably we know what he is. Probably not the one C of the future. And here he is. Under 25 years old and is our 1C going into this season. Okay,
0: before we move on to another topic, I want to rewind the tape for a second here and note that Steph called Sean Gatturi an elite defensive that forward. Happened. That happened. I,
2: I, I was Gatturi aware of it as it was happening. <laughs> and you know what? Screw it. I said it. The words came out of my mouth. I mean, it I never happened. really
3: thought he got a fair shot to be a scorer on this team. He got really shitty starts like zone start didn't he charlie doesn't he usually in the begin- start
0: in the beginning of his career yeah i think truthfully and, and i'm obviously a noted shungatari defender the bigger mm-hmm. problem with his development offensively at the start of his career i think wasn't necessarily the zone starts or even the quality of competition it was the quality of his line mates you know, he mm-hmm. played with yeah. for the first two or three years of his career he played with a lot of garbage yep. like he played was he was with max talbot he was with zach ronaldo like matt reed was basically the most offensively gifted forward he played with for a long time. Yeah, and it's just over the past two years that he's been given like legitimate offensive weapons to play <laughs> yeah. on his wing. And then what do you know? He's leading the team in five on five points per sixty over the last two because
3: years because Sean Gautier is actually good. He's actually good. I mean,
0: yeah, no, he's he's, good. he's not a dominant scorer, no. but he can put up points if you give him good players around him. And it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch this line. I still don't think it is great for the team because mm-hmm. of how much it weakens the third line <laughs> specifically yeah but mm-hmm. i'm very excited to see how this line will do in the regular season because i think this line has a lot of scoring potential
3: it's incredibly frustratingly flyers to me to finally have four strong centers and then move one of them to <laughs> wing. <laughs> it, it was the thing i was flyers. most excited about it the all most summer flyers thing Hey, we've got depth down the middle. Let's fuck that up.
1: <laughs> Does he finally break the all important forty point barrier?
2: Couturier, <laughs> yeah, he if might. you're playing on the top line with Claude Giroux, you better. To, yeah. you better. Like yeah. you've got to. And and if if this is the team's way of saying let's light a fire under Giroux's ass, like he has his points of decline for the last handful of seasons. Like, let's reignite Claude Giroux. Like that's cool. Is this the way though? But why are like why? I don't know, I don't know about
1: <laughs> reigniting Claude Giroud. I think it's accepting that over the last two years, he became more of a perimeter player. So it was let's have a true center and let's have you know Giroux do his hybrid center kind of thing. And I mean Giroux still taking offensive zone face offs. Yep. It's not like they're well, they're they're doing it where because Drew's a righty yeah. and Katuri is yeah. a
0: lefty, they just pick based on who's on their strong yeah. side.
1: Yeah, and, it, and that's fine. That's a, that's a good way to go about things. Uh, like we said, if it's we kind of thought it was going to be an end of game thing, you're trailing or whatever. And it looks like it's just going to be what they go with. It
2: started with, hey, we had this idea. Why don't we try it and practice? And this is what we're rolling with for the whole season. Yeah, that's the thing. When it was just like an
3: experiment for funsies, I was like, all right, let's see what happens here. But now it seems to be what they're going
2: with.
0: I'm still not convinced that they won't give up on this three or four games into the year.
2: I'm pretty confident that they'll give up on it halfway through October. I mean, after we drop the first five games. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's look at this calendar. So... San Jose, mm. Los Angeles, nope. Anaheim, mm. Nashville, no boy, Washington. Well,
0: that is a rough start to the season.
2: Right? Florida though. So there, let's say by is. mid-October that That's might be win. a win. That's the win. And then we've got Nashville. Book it, folks, and then we've got Wait, they played Nashville
0: twice in October. They're done with with,
1: they're done with Nashville before Halloween. I mean, at at least
0: they get them while Ryan Ellis is hurt. Yeah, that's a positive. And
2: then Edmonton and Anaheim again. Oh boy, Ottawa,
3: Toronto.
2: Mm, That's not a win. It's going to be a rough start. There, there's, like, maybe two wins in there. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Uh, it's
3: the
1: NHL. Like, I mean. Yeah, they'll luck they'll into some wins, even if they're not playing yeah, well. it happens. They went on a 10-game winning streak last year. That is true. We, people <laughs> forget that. I forgot. People forget we Blocked that.
2: it out. Yeah, I, um. This. God. Yeah. I, this. This. Off season and this going like right before this leading into this season is why I couldn't get into the 10 game win streak because I knew they were going to shit all over it.
0: Remember after it was like, I think of the show we did after the rookie game, and we were like, This is the high point. This is the high point of the season. Enjoy it now. Well, man, we
1: were right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes That's my we get big know
3: now.
1: I, I, I'm willing to see what this uh, druid wing thing becomes. I'm intrigued. Maybe, uh, maybe it'll work. I'm not ruling out the possibility yeah. that it could
0: work. It, 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 as I said, it's intriguing and it, it'll be fun to watch. Mm. It'll be fun to watch. And you know, one thing I do bring up about Drew. You don't bring it up a lot because it's kind of a weird thing to shoe in a conversation. But like his play-driving numbers relative to his teammates have gotten worse over the last two years. That's undeniable. And part of that is the perimeter play. Part of that is the injury. Part of that, too, is the fact that before two seasons ago, Claude Drew was literally the only center on this team worth a damn from a play-driving standpoint. So obviously his his numbers relative to his teammates were going to look really good because everyone else sucked. His play driving numbers have looked worse because Sean Guturrier has gotten really good. better and Drew never plays with him. So, like, no longer was Drew the only useful center. There was another guy who was really good, too, at driving play, who Drew never got the opportunity to play with and then get his numbers boosted, you know, as a result of playing with him. Now we're finally going to get to see what a Jerukaturia combination could look like from a play-driving standpoint. That, that's that's neat. That that will be that's fun. That's neat, neato, gang.
2: I'm into mm. it.
1: My issue with it more than anything. <laughs>
0: my <laughs> issue,
2: right?
1: My issue with it more than anything is that if they give up on it four games in, you built the team with this in mind. Did they though? Namely, sending down Oscar Lindbergh. But was that yes. why? I
0: don't think that's why. I, I think they would have just moved Philp a little way.
3: Yeah, I think they moved Giroud to wing because they absolutely had to have Filippo at center.
0: I, I agree that was a contributing factor. They like Filippo at center. so stupid. Yeah, but but I don't think that if like if Giroud would have stayed at center, I still think that Filippo was in the top nine. I just think he was in the top nine in wing because I think mean, mm. they just they they felt like they needed him in the top nine. He was a lock mm. for the top nine. I don't think that that would have. I mean, there there was a conspiracy theory that actually was in a comment in the the Athletic that you know I don't totally buy, but it's interesting. Is that you know basically. If if it was only gonna be Patrick or Limblom once they moved Giroud to wing, they moved Giroud to wing because they decided that Patrick was making the team over Lindblom. And the only way to get Patrick in at center and also keep Philball at center was to move Giroud to wing.
1: If Limblom would have been better than Patrick, Giroud would still be at center. Just remember, folks, Oscar Lindblom can't melt steel beams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I
0: don't totally buy it, but it's interesting. It's it's interesting to think I didn't that like that.
2: Like, <laughs> it, it's interesting
0: no. to think no. that uh that that was sort of that everything was kind of connected and that the reason why Drew is at wing is because Patrick outplayed Lindblom it's weird but it – but it I mean, uh, I don't know.
1: was a, back to Lindblom first was the last time he played in the preseason the game he scored yes Okay. Yeah, he,
2: what he, he, an epic amount of horse shit.
1: We need to see more production out of him. Oh shit! Ah, we can't shit. play him
2: anymore <laughs> we because him we him might
0: anymore. actually see the production <laughs> no, no. and then
1: have to play him in the in the regular
2: season. Kid, so. People
3: are going to start asking
2: questions. <laughs> I, I'm, Bench him. I, I want to mention something else that we we've, oh. we've kind of danced around but haven't quite covered um, about how Ron Hextall is is scared of losing mediocre players on waivers, mm. like Oscar Lindblom went down because he was waiver exempt Matt Reed you're not really expecting anybody to take Matt Reed but God forbid you put somebody that might get claimed on waivers like Brandon Manning and if you're taking Brandon Manning I've got a lot of questions for you but and thank yous well the question is what's your address I have a gift to send you (laughs) Um, a hockey team the Flyers t-shirt. <laughs> you want that? Yes.
1: That's the other thing about sending those guys down. I think I brought it up on my uh, my reaction today is like teams going into camp generally know what their top six is and what their top like uh, defensive pairing is and the battles are at the bottom of the roster typically. So you just spent the entire preseason determining what your penalty kill is, what your third and fourth lines are and all that stuff And then you're just going to bring in a a, a Brandon Manning or a a Taylor Lear or a Dale Weiss. That wasn't going to happen.
3: One of those things is not like the other. Thank you. But Taylor Taylor Lear's on this fourth line. I like him a lot. I'm
1: glad he's here. But his waiver-exempt thing, not being waiver-exempt, the fact that he—I'm just saying, that wasn't going to happen. I don't think the waiver—truthfully, and I
0: know that this has become a prevalent theory, I don't think the waiver-exempt thing has much to do with it. I think it's a little. Maybe it had a little bit to do with Brandon Manning because I do believe that he had a slight chance of being picked up. And but but I think Matt Reed getting sent down shows they're getting waived shows that like they're not terribly concerned about vets about sending vets through waivers. I think the idea that that the reason why Brandon Manning and Andrew McDonald are still on this team is because they're not waiver exempt. Like no, the reason why they're still on this team is because the team thinks they're good. Like mm. let's not Ew. like it, we, yep. we keep trying to use the waiver exempt thing as like, oh well they just don't want to lose assets. Like that's part of it. But they also want these guys on the team.
3: Yeah, assets they think are valuable and yeah, good. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> All comes back to that.
2: I'm just oh god. The the conservative approach I can get behind. I can get behind being conservative with with your tiny draft picks with your with your little babies. I can be I can get behind being conservative. I cannot get behind 4 years. Yeah, we've been conservative. Like like 4 years of is this guy good enough? Is this guy not good enough? Okay, he's more talented than players we have now, but we're still not going to play him. But he's still going to be a prospect. That's and this is not like this is how this is how Jordan wheel situations happen when your team just won't play you, even though you are talented and you're better than the fucking idiots that they have on the ice. I just this is how that happens.
1: Like these guys, even like if Dale Weiss was potting a bunch of accidental goals. Like, and he was just playing over he was just playing over somebody who who is probably better than him, but he's putting up numbers like these aren't stars that we're talking about here these aren't uh, i why? Why are the veterans allowed to make mistakes?
2: Yes. It's not like these guys are great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is a question that I have for Ron Hextall because we've been we've been ripping apart Dave Hextall for doing this, for just letting the veterans do whatever they want, whatever they're going to do, however they're going to do it, and they don't get the you need to learn from the press box, which. Asterisk side note is probably why I'm not super excited about the rookies making the team because I don't know. I, I, I'm i <laughs> they're gonna play, they're yeah, they're never gonna play, and I'm convinced is gonna ruin them. Um, but this is probably, like, th- we do need to start asking questions of Ron Hextall because it's all coming from the top down. Now, now let's put on our our tinfoil hats for a second. Does Paul Holmgren have something to do with this? I'm punching Ew. my microphone. Like, I'm getting really into this. They just, they brought in Dean Lombardi. Now, is he having a say in in the roster and the transactions that are, ma- Paul that are being made? Paul Holmgren and Dean Lombardi have
1: much, as much say over the roster as anyone in this room. <laughs> yeah. I think I would have to agree with Bill on that one. They are figuring <laughs> they, this is just what this organization does. It is the good old boys network. They mm. give people jobs when they don't have jobs.
2: Okay, but they're um, not actually
1: doing anything. Oh, but
2: job. I mean, Holmgren does stuff. Uh, not he, in terms
1: not of really.
0: roster he construction. Does, like, well. Yeah, he does like logistical franchise work. Like when they're you know doing some promotional event. I think that's primarily like the duties of the president. I don't think he has much to do with the roster or anything to do with the roster for that matter. Aside from maybe being somebody that Hextall bounces ideas off of because like, he was a former GM.
2: Mm.
1: What would you mm. do here? All right, thanks.
0: Mm. I got, I got no, what I not do to do. I would do the not that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: not I that. I would not
1: give Andrew McDonald $30 million. All right, cool. All right, let's get to some predictions, folks. All right. God damn. Hey, uh, we're at like... We're Whoa. at like 70-ish minutes right now, so yeah, we got some
2: time. I, did, I promised a 90-minute show to the people All on right. Twitter today. Mm-hmm. So. Got
3: about
1: 18 more minutes left.
0: Yeah. I've,
2: got, I've got a lot of yelling left to do, All so right. you guys can leave <laughs> and I will have a one-on-one. Let's just start with the big one. Is this
1: a playoff team?
2: No.
3: If you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have said yes, and now I'm saying no. I said no out of
2: spite. Um, I want to be wrong. This the division is so good, so good. Um, That's there. It's
1: no longer a fight for eight playoff spots. It is a fight for five playoff spots. With it's the a, uh, it's fight
2: for two. It's a fight for a wild card. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure.
1: But I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, maybe
1: they could finish top three in the division. No,
2: they're not. Not a chance. Um, I maybe
1: Washington. It's just one of them Washington years where they're like down. Ovechkin's pissed because he doesn't get to go to the playoffs. You know the what? Or the, the Olympics.
2: I'm. Let's let's just. We're, we're going to play optimistic. Let's say yes. Let's say they're the, the final wild card spot. To,
1: to, to do a jumping
0: off point of what Kelly said, if you would have asked me this two weeks ago, I would have said they're not going to make the playoffs. And you asked me today, I would say they're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: so I, no, I, don't think, I had some hope in me. I think they will be better. It's dead now. Like, I think they are a better team this year than they were last year. I think they will probably finish with a better record. The problem is is that I think Carolina will be better. I think
3: Thanks a lot, Eric. the
0: Islanders will probably suck. I, I, I'm not especially optimistic on the Islanders because I think they're kind of a mess right now with everything going on in their franchise. The but I think Carolina has improved more than the Flyers have. And Carolina finished basically the exact same point total as the Flyers did last year. So Carolina's gotten a lot yeah, better. Yeah, so I, I think Carolina is, is made more improvements in the offseason than the Flyers did. And I don't think the Flyers caught any of Pittsburgh, Washington, New York, or Columbus. So I would put the Flyers let's say 6th in the division, which would be one spot out.
3: Mm. Do you think that... Hmm. Hold on, hold no. on, hold on. What's up, Kelly? Wow. Do you think that there are things that could be
2: done differently that would
3: make this a playoff team? That's
2: a good question. That's that what I was trying ex- to yeah. trying to think. So that's when you said if two weeks ago would would I have thought this... You did think that it was a playoff team. What was different two weeks ago? I thought that
3: the defense was going to consist of all three of the I mean maybe foolishly but I thought that Sanheim at that point on the bubble was playing his way onto the team just based on what I was looking at I thought Limblom was making the team just based on what I was looking at okay and I I don't I don't know. Like the bad decisions have put me back into that framework that's, of last year, where right. it's like we're just going to keep making shitty decisions. That's just
2: that's what it is for me too. It's just, it's the mindset. It's not necessarily the talent that's on the team. Yeah. It's it's the overall mindset and like, direction of yeah. We're going to keep management. making these bad management
3: decisions, and yeah. they're going to put the team at a disadvantage. Yeah. Just
1: so, for reference' sake, uh, last year the Rangers got the first wild card spot with a hundred and two points. Toronto, the second wild card spot with ninety five. Flyers finish. With 88 points. Yeah,
0: I'm kind of thinking they're going to be in, like, that 93, 94. You know, they'll be there. They'll be battling. It's not like they're going to be out of it, you know, a month before the end of the year like they kind of were this past year. I think they'll be in the race. It's just – and it's it's an interesting question you guys had about what would make you call them a playoff team. And I honestly – I don't think anything would. But I would say that had the Flyers went with three rookies on defense – and went with Limblom. It would make it so their their upside is higher. Yeah. yeah. Right, right now, this is, you know, this is a medium upside team that could have been a higher upside team had you thrown rookies. And like, I don't know if Oscar Limblom and Travis Sanheim and Robert Haig and, and Sam Moran are going would be good off the bat. I don't know if but Patrick maybe. is gonna be, but maybe. What I do know. Is that I know that Andrew McDonald and Brandon Manning right. and Dale Weiss will not be that good. Right. So it's I'm more certain of where the Flyers are going to finish if those guys are getting playing time than I am if you're giving rookies with giving rookies playing time that have higher upsides. Maybe their maybe their downside is lower, but their upside is higher, and it's more plausible to me that the Flyers could overachieve if those guys are better than the average rookie, which they could be. But if you're running with you know the just-okay veterans that you seem to be okay with, then the chances of you exceeding expectations, they, they go down a bit.
3: Yeah, we know what we're getting.
2: So the, the, the thing that I want to disagree with um, is just that starting all of the rookies would have ended in a different um, outcome, only because, yes, we know that they're talented – Yes, we know that they're more talented than the guys who are currently playing. But there is an NHL learning oh, curve. Absolutely. And we there definitely is. we definitely saw it with Provorov last year. It took him not very long. I mean, it was a handful of games, and but, it was maybe like three or four. But there was a learning curve. And, and Provorov is, as far as I'm concerned, a superhuman. So it would take longer. It is going... There are a handful of rookies already. It's It is going to take longer for them to reach... Their true talent level in the NHL, I, so it's I, yeah. not going to be immediate. But I think there's also like a, a, a. I'm sorry to cut you off. You did. You cut I'm me sorry. off. I did a bill. You, you cut me off. Sorry. However, I would be very happy to see them together right now, because this is the team that is going to make a cup push. So you start getting them used to each other as soon as possible. You start growing that chemistry now. And
1: going with the full young lineup. It is acceptable to miss the playoffs. If you tell me, okay, you know we're gonna go with the veterans because we think you know they give us the best chance to win, then you better win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you're telling. Any, okay, any that's games. a really good point. So we're gonna go with the veterans who have just as much of a chance to make the playoffs as the young kids. Both teams are probably gonna miss by like you know, six, seven points. What is the point of that? I just. But here now, now let me ask you this question. Well, Ke- Kelly's been nope. trying to get her right, point. Go out. ahead,
3: Kelly. I was just going to say that I think that when you make the decision to bring a bunch of rookies into your lineup the way that Toronto did, you're setting a tone for the season. You're setting a tone that says that, first of all, I believe in these kids, and second of all, I believe in the potential that they have. You let them go out there and you have fun. And I think that, I mean, you and I, we watch Toronto probably closer than most people do, and I think that we saw that. And I think mm-hmm. that the playoff push that they made – had a lot to do with the fact that they have incredibly talented rookies. Yep. But we have talented rookies, too. Yeah, we do. And it was a lot of letting them go and saying, go out and have some fun, kids, and see what happens. And that kind of attitude that surrounds a franchise, I think, makes a difference as opposed to saying, no, 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 we need to be safe. We need to make sure we have veterans. We want we don't want anything to get too crazy. I think that it's like an attitude adjustment that needs to start from the top down and i think that it makes a difference and until that happens you're just i think i forget who said it you're just dipping the toe in the rookie pool you gotta jump in yeah so
2: remember ghost's rookie year
0: yeah i was gonna bring that up too that
2: was fun it was fun that That was was a lot of fun. fun yeah and then Dave Haxtell decided, no, you're not allowed to have creativity. You're not Don't allowed to take that. risks, well, I mean, and you're not allowed to do anything fun anymore.
0: We, we can debate what caused Ghost rookie year, but, or Ghost sophomore year, but the, the point I wanted to bring up about Ghost year is, is back to what I said about upside. You know, Steph, you said that you know, rookies are probably going to take time to develop. They're not going to jump in and be great all right <laughs> off the bat. And, and like, you know yeah. what? Probably not. But— Sometimes they can, and ghost is a classic example. And this is what I'm talking about, about upside. Let's say you bring Travis Sandheim in. You know, there's maybe a 10% chance that he blows up and is a phenom and can just skate circles around everybody and has a ghost year. And then there's maybe a 60% chance he's just okay, and then there's maybe a 20% or 30% chance or whatever that he's, you know, not that good and he gets sent down and kind of blows up. There is a 0% chance that Andrew McDonald has a wow year. Yeah. There is a 0% chance that Brandon Manning has a holy shit, he's the next Shane Goss spare year. Like, this is what I mean by upside. The yep. rookies bring that possibility. Yes. The veterans, yes. they don't. Because right. we know what they are. We don't know what the rookies are. They could be bad, but they bring the upside, the possibility that they could be good, which makes the team... Makes their their variance higher, which you know when you're a long shot to make the playoffs, sometimes increasing your variance isn't
1: a bad thing. Two things uh, I think contributed more heavily to the Flyers uh, not qualifying for the playoffs last season than anything else: five-on-five scoring and goaltending. Yeah, yeah. They brought they bring in Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott had a down year in Calgary last year. had a nine ten save percentage, and that he had to play great at the end of the year. After his first six weeks, he was abysmal in the five previous seasons Brian Elliott had a 925 save percentage save percentage over those five seasons say Elliott gets back to his career uh damn it I just had it. his career number of 913 let's say he has a 915 917 season could that put them in the playoffs if Elliott is just pretty good it's pretty, be good. It'll give them more points.
0: I don't know if it puts them in the playoffs because what you need to remember as well is that if we agree that the Metro is better, Flyers play a lot of games against the Metro. They do. So, like they could be better and only pick up three or four points because they're being better against teams that are also better.
2: Yeah. That's that I think is is going to be the biggest problem against this team <clears throat> or with this team getting into the postseason. It's just the division is really good. Yeah. All of them. Except for the devils. But Not even they have Heischer. But but even <laughs> but even the Devils are starting to scare me a little bit with Heisher and, and Hall. So are
1: yay, we still on, on Elliot as the opening night guy? Oh no, it's going to no, be Michael it's Neuvert. Neuvert. <laughs> it's gonna be Michael Neuvert. <laughs> for sure.
3: <laughs> Without question. Wasn't
2: he sick or something? I mean, something Elliot, happened the
3: other Elliot just matter.
0: he's always sick or When was the last time
3: Neuvert played? Yeah. Prop his dead, lifeless body up in the net. He'll be starting. He played a preseason. Game. He played
0: preseason games, but when he, he missed that this one season, he yeah, played he played. A, he played a couple. I
3: know. I'm just, like, don't you need a little
1: like? Maybe. How do you just throw a cold goalie in on opening night? Well,
0: if you're Dave Hacksaw and you think Michael Neuvert is awesome, then who cares? He's Who just cares awesome.
2: if he's cold? Yeah, Has not played a game in 20 games. Oh, you're going in. in Let now, me buddy. pull Steve Mason so you can play. Yeah, um, it's going to yeah. be Michael Noivre.
1: Statistical leaders. Predictions? Uh... I guess Wayne Simmons is the clubhouse leader to lead in goals. Think anyone overtakes him, Giroux? No,
0: no. It's shut Sims. up, Charlie.
1: <laughs> it's Simmons.
2: Claude Giroux. I'm doing it. Yeah, let's do this, Kelly.
3: How wild would that,
0: that be?
1: He had like 12 goals last.
3: Year. It was well. 13. He's on the wing, he's a wing now, Charles. Wing now. <laughs> what if he just scoring totally
1: winger? What if he just totally transformed his game and he's a scoring winger? I mean, now? it'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really I've, cool. I have revival. been calling
2: for a bounce back for Claude Giroux for six months. It's happening. Claude Giroux.
1: Career revival as a scoring winger with I'm not gonna playmaker extraordinaire Sean Couturier setting him up. That would be pretty <laughs> That thing, would make special. this season fun. That would make that this season a lot of fun. I would almost forgive them for this Lindblom I, and defense stuff.
2: I wouldn't drink bleach while watching every single game <laughs> because we do watch every single game to bring you guys the best content.
1: Unless it's the Devils on Tuesday night, in which case I don't.
2: No, no those, I those will this hard year. games. I'll watch the Devils no, on we'll, Tuesdays. We'll, we'll give those to Kurt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Joe, you want to
2: <laughs> you want to spot do some on the reactions? Show? <laughs>
1: You can do every Tuesday devil team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who do we have points? Uh, Voracek beat out Giroux last year.
2: Giroux. I'm telling you it's Giroux. Giroux is leading everything Drew's on this just team. just leading I mean, in everything? Yeah. The goal thing um, I, is
3: a little bit of a joke, but he's absolutely leading the team in points. I'm going to um, go I'm going
0: to go with Voracek in points. I, but I think both him and Giroux up their point totals. I think they both easy. finish in the 65 to 70 point range. That would be nice.
1: All right. Who, uh we think Neuvert's going to be the opening night starter. Yeah, it's yeah. happening. Who gets the majority of the starts through the season? Elliot. Elliot, Elliot.
3: because Neuvert can't say happy
2: Yeah. yeah. There it is. Can't say healthy. There I've go. heard Alex Lyon is doing good in preseason <laughs> up in Lehigh Valley.
1: That, it's amazing that they just, it's really good. Like, Neuvert's going to start opening night again, mm-hmm. and again, he's probably going to start under 30 games mm-hmm. for the third consecutive season. Yeah. I I am. I believe Neuvert will bounce back and be better than last year. Oh well, yeah, I, I do too. But the idea that he is anything close to a starter in this league nope. is baffling. Well, I mean, he might not start game one. I, I mean, I know we're
0: laughing about it, but like they did do the dress rehearsal on Sunday, and Elliot did start the dress rehearsal. Now, granted, Elliot played bad.
2: He was not it was good. yeah, but they <laughs> lost five two. He, he did
0: start the dress rehearsal, so there's. I would say there's a better than 50% chance that Brian Elliott starts the first game, but I'm certainly not ruling out the possibility that Hackstall, you know, seeing how much he clearly really likes Michael Neuer, that he just gives Neubert the start because he wants to send the message that Neubert's his guy. Yep. Hmm.
1: Rookie expectations
2: Well I no longer think that Oscar Lindblom will have more (laughs) votes for the Calder than Uh, Nolan Nolan Patrick.
1: Patrick That's a good one
2: I no longer believe that that will be the case
1: Does Nolan Patrick, as the de facto second center right now, break that all important 40 point mark that Sean Couture has never broken?
2: Yes Playing with Wayne Simmons and Jordan Wheel, yeah,
1: He's yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> He's say gonna. No. I'm gonna say no,
0: no.
3: Oh, look at this
2: guy, but,
1: but but
3: I'm
0: not expecting him to have a disappointing year. I'm just thinking to myself that Travis Konechny had 28, 29 points in his rookie year, and I don't Teeps. think that Patrick is going to come in and score 15 more points that Konechny did. That's fair, unless
1: power play two is significantly better. Than it was That's a, Without power play it one time, it's hard for somebody to get to 40 on this team.
2: But power play two cannot get much worse than it was last year. That's
1: nope. We we joked about it last week, but honestly, you look at that power play last season, and they didn't have overall awesome numbers. They were under 20% and were maybe not middle of the league, but outside that top five where you really expect them. But then you look at it, like, Braden Shen led the league in power play goals. Wayne Simmons, I believe, was third. And Drew is up there in total points. points. They have Shane Goss to spare. They have Jake Vorchek. How is this team not like a top five power play team? Oh, the second power play never scores. Oh, it did, it did nothing.
0: And and another thing I'll bring up with Patrick, and again, hope I'm wrong, but we talked about this in the summer prior to the draft. Like, the guy... Does not usually play full seasons. Like I'm, ex- yep, yeah. I'm expecting him to miss ten or so games. Oh, he'll that, be in the press box. And that, well, that that's possible. No,
1: if he plays, <laughs> but, if he plays sixty-five or seventy games and gets forty points, there's something to be really excited about. Oh yeah, about, no question. Except for the fact that, oh, is this really who he is? A guy who only plays sixty-five or seventy games? Mm. But, but he, I, he but appears yeah, healthy yeah. right now. No, he got I, through
0: the preseason. He looks good. And I'm just saying, like, I just sort of expect him. It's his first year. He's 19 years old. He's not fully physically developed, and he comes with an injury history like yeah i'm expecting him to, to get banged up at some point during the year and that cuts down on his ceiling for points
1: when do we see oscar limblum
3: december
2: well when we go to lehigh valley and watch some games <laughs> and um then we can see our travis Sandheim too
0: I'm, I'm gonna say november i'm gonna say it's, a, it's a ghost-esque call up
2: right. somebody
0: a couple guys get hurt he comes up and he doesn't leave
2: you know there really weren't that many injuries last year, were there? Um, and They
0: had some. Couturier missed a fair amount of time. Uh, Raffle missed the end Roffle. of the year. The, you know what it was? The big names, aside from Couturier, didn't really yeah. get hurt. You know, Ghost didn't get hurt. Giroux they played injured, but he Charles. didn't miss any time. Voracek, Simmons, like
1: the big names stayed healthy.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to think of why we didn't see more Phantoms on the team last year. And it's because they didn't. Didn't need
1: him. Yeah, Lear got his annual handful of game handful. call up. Yeah, because Reed got hurt, and, and that Reed was, and Couture were hurt. Yeah, and that was pretty much all we really saw last season. Uh, when do we see Travis Sanheim? I'm still not convinced
0: that
2: Wednesday. he's not making the team.
1: <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I'm serious.
0: Like yeah. as I said, I still think I, I think Moran's the favorite, but it would not blow me away if Sanheim was on this team.
3: When
2: do we see the other one then?
0: That's an interesting.
2: Question. Let me say on the record that if. Hextall and company come out and surprise us and like it would have to be a a blow the roof off the barn kind of shock. Um, I was kind of
1: expecting something like that to happen during this show and us not see it.
2: I think Yager signed during the show, didn't I, he? He signed earlier I saw today. that was about oh, was to get done, but it wasn't was official. official. Yeah, it was Calgary. official now. Um, so if, 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 if they, they shocked the hell out of us. And we we need to be resuscitated because our hearts have stopped. And send down McDonald and <laughs> and You're or adorable. Manning and keep both of the rookies. I, I I will never doubt Ron Hextall again. That's cute. Be prepared I,
1: I, to continue doubting Ron Hextall. Well, yeah. I am
2: I am very prepared. I mean, have we met? But it's amazing. I was trying to think of something else that I would do, but I don't know. I don't think that I can commit to anything bigger than that because don't, that is that is the biggest commitment that I'll make, I will make in my life. Make a tattoo
1: commitment because someone will hound you about it constantly.
2: I, that actually crossed my mind. I was like, <laughs> I'll get a Flyers logo tattooed on. No, Stephanie, <laughs> and then I didn't. Thank you. <laughs> I Good made a, call. I made a bigger commitment.
1: <laughs> All right, so. If Sanheim is the guy,
2: I have no idea. I I don't know what it's going to take, except for an injury. Yeah, catastrophic injury. And it would it would have to be it would have to be a big injury because it's not like they're just going to pull Andrew McDonald because he's pay, playing like a pile of crap because he is a pile of crap and they and haven't like, that's, done that yet. That, that's just how it goes. I, I don't know what it's going to take other than a long term injury, and it would it, it would have to be a long term injury too because Manning's still sticking around. And it would have to
0: be to the right. Like, I mean, yeah. I'd say right. That, that's probably not the right word to put. But, like, like the reason why I think Limblom comes up quicker is because I think Limblom, Number one, I think Limblom's going to be very good in the AHL. So I think he's going to make a strong case to start. And then I believe that Limblom is the next guy up if a top niner gets hurt. Whereas, if you look at the kids, like, let's say... Okay, for example, let's say that Moran is the, is the, the final rookie defensive that makes the team. Sandheim goes down. Okay. And let's say Radko Gudis gets hurt. I don't think they bring up Sandheim to replace Radko Gudis because of roles. Right. Whereas if like if Ghost goes down, they bring up Sandheim. But if if a guy who doesn't play Sandheim's role goes down, like McDonald or Gudis, the way like,
1: Ghost came up to replace Mark to Strike, replace Mark they Strike. needed somebody yeah. to run
0: the power play. Like it's going I think it might take a little bit longer for the defenseman who gets sent down to come back up because he'll need the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lindblom, I think, just needs like someone to, to get show hurt. that he's good. Yeah, to show that he's good in the HL, and then someone yeah. has to get mm-hmm. hurt and he'll come up. Mm. That's fun. This is
1: a fun show, guys. <laughs> I'm just
3: feeling so. I love hockey. Hockey. We fun. were
1: st- like, we were so excited, and then that Limblom thing happened, and we all just got punched in the gut. I, yep. And like, Steph hinted at this at the beginning of the show. Well, she didn't hint it at it. She straight up said it. Like, we are
0: still getting fun. Like, we are still getting Nolan Patrick. We are still getting Robert Hague. We are still getting Taylor Lear. So, like, it's not all bad. And I know we spent 90 minutes screaming about this, <laughs> but like, it isn't all bad. The Flyers have an actual fourth line this year. There's a bunch of kids. Like It's
3: approximately they're, 19% good.
0: There's some fun stuff, but it's still okay for you to be angry.
2: I, I'm so stuck on all of the, the crappy things that I can't quite see. I can't get really into all of the fun that I know I'll be watching. Because it's just... it's. It's just more of the same. Yeah, until I see it,
3: I'm not going to be excited about it. Yeah. All right, guys. So give it to me Wednesday, boys. Oh, wait. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Never mind. That's the show. Uh, We have a couple things.
2: What just happened here?
1: (laughs) Uh, We have a couple things to plug uh, before we get out there. First and foremost, I want to thank... My friends at Vmoda Headphones, they hooked me up with the brand new Broad Street they are amazing Shields for my headphones. Uh, I asked <laughs> and I received. It was excellent. They came out great. They got done so fast. For all your custom headphone needs, check out Vmoda. You need me to show them? Is that what you're saying? Is that why you're pointing at the camera? You say oh awesome.
2: Bill, Bill is very now bad at taking cues without saying them yeah. out
1: loud. <laughs> I'm now I'm all tangled. Uh, <laughs> Steph, you want to plug the Patreon?
2: Um, yes. So our Patreon is www.patreon, P A T R E O N dot com backslash B S H radio. What you will get or what you will see on there is that there are many tiers of rewards. The ones that are probably the most relevant, well, the ones that we have already posted content to, would be the $5 tier, which is BSH Radio Premium, where you will get immediate reactions to big news, like trades, Transactions, surprise roster moves, injuries. We've already had two of those just in the past 24 hours with Matt Reed and with all of the cuts from last night. So it's whoever's available is going to jump on, whether it's audio or video, depends on who's available and what they have at their disposal. Uh, but it will be some type of content that will go directly to the Patreon only for those members only for those subscribers um also you'll get a weekly yelling about sports um which has moved completely over from wildfire radio to our patreon you're going to get a weekly all nhl show featuring all four of us uh weekly prospect updates and then some outtakes and fun stuff that we do because you know we get a little weird sometimes charles
1: (laughs) tell me about the athletic
0: so, The Athletic, we are coming up on the first month. Uh, we, we launched the Tuesday after Labor Day, coming up on the first month. And uh, if you are a subscriber, I hope you've really liked the content. That, Where's that my, my
3: t-shirt, Charles? It's coming. It's coming, <laughs> Kelly. I hope
0: you really like the content myself and then also our three writers, uh, Namita, Mary, and Alex Appleyard, have, have put together for you the first month. It's only going to get better as the year goes on, and we don't have to talk about meaningless games. We're talking about actual games that matter. Um, have. something real to hate. but yeah. uh, but the subscription, there's almost always some type of discount going on. Usually you can find something that's around like the five to the four to five dollars a month. if you're having trouble finding one. Just send me a message on Twitter, and I'll make sure I get you the, the most recent discount. Um, but yeah, I, obviously all my articles are going to be in there now, aside from everything I do with BSH Radio. So if yeah. you want to read my stuff, if you like what you, hear, what you hear on this show, I'd love it if you subscribe to The well Athletic. Well worth the price of admission, in Driver. my opinion. what's
1: up with Vegas?
2: Well, there was a national tragedy there today. Oh, dear. That is what's true. up
1: with the game in Vegas? Um,
2: well, first of all, horrifically sad what happened in vegas and and whatever you can do to support them and what they're going through please do so um next we can tell domestic and foreign terrorists to suck it as we go and enjoy some hockey in the desert that they're not going to scare us away because broad street hockey is going to las vegas we have nearly 600 people who are Flyers fans, going, damn. going with crazy. us to Vegas in February. Oh, my God. So it's it includes – there's full packages. You can check this out on broadstreethockey.com. Full package includes round-trip flights, two open bar parties. One is a watch party for the Coyotes game, which is the night before – And one is a pregame party where Broad Street Hockey Radio will be performing live, a live show from this open bar location. No lookout, folks. Right before the Flyers Golden Knights game. Um, And then you're going to get a game ticket, obviously. And we're all going to sit in the same vicinity. So, really most of the place is going to be orange it is going to be a ton of fun um oh the part that i left out was the hotel room (laughs) your hotel room is also included bring a tent (laughs) your hotel room is included in um the package it's at paris which is right across from the t-mobile arena it is going to be a really really good time the desert in february is Kind of like what it's like outside now. It's, it's really a good temperature. It's nice to get away from whatever we're dealing with here in terms of ice and snow. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I, I highly recommend everybody sign up for that.
1: Finally, I have to tell you to please check out Steph Driver and myself, this Thursday night at 5.30 on TCN, we will be making an appearance on the 700-level show with Mark Farzetta. It is going to be a good time. It re-airs again at 10.30. But hey, that's during the Flyers game, so check us out. It's going to be a fun pregame show, and then you can get right into the Flyers. Big thank you to John Barchard and 94WIP. We could not do anything uh, we do without them. They are a huge part of what we do here. That is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Have a great week, Philly, and happy (laughs) birthday, Frank. She never was around, but she grew up tall and she grew up right with them Indiana boys on an Indiana nine.